Greet you all in the precious name of Jesus, amen. Good to see each one in the house of the Lord. Today I want to talk about God's standard versus the standard of the world, amen. There's big difference in the two. I'd like to have you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let us read from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He said in verse 1, Now I, Paul, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in the presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not behold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walked... For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in readiness to, to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trust himself to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord had given us for edification and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed, that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. For his letters say, they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak. And his speech contemptible, let such and one think this, that such as we are in the word by letters, when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves, and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us has a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you, for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's life of things made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for another wonderful and a beautiful day. Father, that it's a new day that has never been tread. And Lord, help us that we may tread it softly and according to your word and your spirit. <clears throat> Lord, today we thank you that your word is it's faithful. Lord, and the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, Father, you're a faithful God. You sent your son, Jesus, so that we can have life, that we can be redeemed through the blood of the Lamb and that our sins be forgiven. And Lord, that we walk in the newness of life in the footsteps of Jesus. Father, today I pray that as we look at the standard of God, Father God, today that you would once again just open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Shower your blessings upon us, Lord. 
Father, that the saints may be encouraged and the sinner may be reminded there is hope. And Lord, I pray for those that are traveling today. I pray you'd be with them, keep them safe. Be with us here, Lord. And Father, I pray that you keep us all from evil, from harm. And Lord, I come against any spirit that is not of you. Any spirit of heaviness, any spirit of con condemnation, and Lord, any spirit of weariness, I rebuke it in Jesus' name, and I speak the Spirit of God, life and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Father, that you'd fill this room and our hearts and our lives once again with your love, your joy, and your peace and the blessing of God. We thank you and we praise you and we love you, and in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Amen. Praise God. We see that what Paul is talking about here, uh, he said in verse 12, he said, For we dare not to make ourselves ourselves of the number and to compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves. And he said, they're not wise. And so when we look at when God raised his standard, I had to think of, of Isaiah 59 in the latter part of that chapter. You know, when God raised his standard is when Jesus came to this world. When Jesus gave, when God sent his son so that we can have life and life abundantly. And that is today why you and I, we, we can walk by God's grace. We can walk in the standard of God. We live God's standard. We live in his, his standard because the world has standards as well. And many times we're very well settled with, just say, just neutral things. Uh, let's just take for a very uh, simple example how many, you know, how many feet in a yard or, or maybe there's how many rods in a, how many square rods equal an acre and, and all that kind of thing. How many yards are in a mile and the list goes on. Just normal things. You know, it's just kind of things that in life that if you don't use them, it doesn't work. But that is how it is in spiritual life. If we don't stay in God's standard, if we don't live by His standard, then you cannot live a Christian life. You cannot live a victorious life if we don't live by God's standard. And that is what Paul is bringing out to them. They were accusing him. I don't know if you caught it, but they were accusing him that he can write really strong letters, but when he comes, he's weak. And Paul is saying, that's not how it is. He said, the reason I write the letter is to help you understand when I come. That was his point. But you know how it is. You know, people, that's what they, obviously Paul was the leader and he was trying to encourage them and direct them, maybe even discipline them and, and remind them and instruct them. But they, they tried to, you know, they figure something else out. And, and they, they weren't, they, they were thought, thinking that Paul is not really being uh, who he proclaims to be is what he, but he was. He was who he said he is. It's just that they were finding fault. And the reason was they're comparing themselves with others. And we get caught sometimes, and we should not get caught with that. And today it's so important, once again, as the day grows, is drawing nigh, that Jesus is coming back, that the Christian people, the saints of God, are once again reminded that when Jesus comes, He's coming to bring home His bride. He's not coming again so that you and I can be delivered from our sins. He already was here for that. That is many times the problem. People live like Jesus is coming once again so that we can be delivered from our sins. We already 
have that in our hands now. We have it in our hearts. Those of us that got born again, those that aren't born again, today is the day of salvation, he said. And that is what the reminder is that God's standard, we look at the standard of God. I'm not talking about some rules and doctrines of men. That is the world's standards. See, the, the deal is with the world's standards is living like the world. Its standards are based on people's experience and opinions and thoughts. And God's standards are based on the Word of God, the, Holy, the leading of the Holy Spirit, the obedience to God, obedience to His Word. He said, be ye holy. God's standard, He said, be ye holy. He said, love one another as I have loved you. He calls us to be perfect in Him. That's what He calls us to be. He, his standard brings us life. It brings us victory. It brings us strength and courage. And, and it blesses us with His power and His love and His mercy. Amen. The reason that we, we uh, when, when you and I follow God, when we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we have high standards because of we fear God. We believe God. We have faith in God. Amen. That is, that's what it amounts to. So we're settled in these little things, right? We're settled that we have been born again. We're settled that we have been delivered from our own sins and our own righteousness. We have been, we have been given a new heart a new mind. Our minds have been renewed. And now our, our sins have been washed away. We have no more of that. The Bible even tells us that as far as the east is to the west, he said he remembers our sins and iniquities no more. Let's read that chapter I mentioned or part of it in Isaiah 59. I think it is in 59. It's the last couple verses. Yes, in verse, I'd just like to read from verse 19. You could read from verse 15. Because what happens there, it's like Isaiah there when he's writing, he's saying that what God is saying here is that he's, he's bringing out that he's disappointed that there was no hope basically for man. That's what he's bringing out. And then he said in verse 19, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, his glory from the rising of the sun, that means from the east, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. Oh, it's sounding helpless, right? Sounding like a hopeless thing. He said, the spirit of the Lord, this is what he's saying, shall lift up a standard against him. See that? And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgressions in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of thy mouth of thy seed, nor out of thy mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. Can I have an amen? That is powerful. That is amazing. He said when, when it seems like the enemy comes with the, the floodgates are open from the enemy, he said he raises a standard against him. That is what Jesus has done for us. Sometimes it seems like the enemy comes with the floodgates open, wide open, and it seems like they have riding on their horses with spears and all kinds of things are going to ruin the Christian people. But remember, no. God sent His Son, Jesus. His standard has been risen for us so that you and I, we stand with that. We stand behind that, the standard of God, the standard of holy living, the standard of lifestyle, that, that what it mounts to it, it, it is according to the Word of God. There's a lifestyle that glorifies God. There's a lifestyle that is obedient to God. His Word and the Holy Spirit. And that is what He's saying right there. And He said it lasts. 
Not just for our generation, not just for the next generation, and not just for the next generation, but forever, he said. Glory to God. Amen. That is for our children, our grandchildren, and for their children, and, and on it goes. I praise God for that. Even after you and I are long gone, his standard will be still risen there and standing there to protect his people. To me, that is a blessing. Amen. That is such, I'm so thankful for that. And with that, I had to think of talking about God's standard. Look what he said in Mark chapter 12, just a couple of verses there. He, he just reminds us again of, of God is with his people. That is what I see when we talk about God's standard versus the world, the standard of the world. There's such a big difference. And when you and I choose to live in the Word of God, according to the Word of God, and this is something that is very important, it's, very, it's not something new. Look what he said in verse 30 and 31 in Mark 12. He said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. He didn't say with some of your heart. It's A-L-L. -L. Can I have an amen? It's all of thy heart. And with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. See that? Praise God. That is the first commandment. That is, see, that's the main. Now look at what, and then I like what he said, and the second is like it, he said. It's like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And there is none other commandment than greater than these. So when we love God with all we have, with all my heart, just, just ask yourself how that works. When I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all that is within me, and to love my neighbor as myself, it covers it all. That, that's what it is. That is, when, when we actually live that, when you and I live that, that is God's standard right there. That's the standard He has raised for us. That's what He laid the foundation for us. When we live that, when you and I, by God's grace, surrender to Him and we can live, that's our life. That's our standard. The rest falls in place. The rest comes with it. Then it's not that difficult to say no to the standard of the world. Because the standard of the world is the lust of the flesh. It's the pride of life. Do whatever you'd like. You know, God sets the standards about what's real. That's, that's the difference. The Word of God, the standard of God is He sets the standards what's real and true and lasting, what will be forever. That's, that's what it is. The world standard says, says to each of us, to, to make up our own, to decide what we want to do. Do what feels good, do what seems good, do what others do. But remember, the trick to all this, the trick that the kingdom of the devil plays is this. He takes, he wants the people to take the worldly standards and wrap them up in what? In Christian terms, that's what, he, that's, that's what he wants. Cleverly wrap them up in the Christian terms. That is where things go wrong. 
That is where, that's why sometimes you and I, we feel a cloud of heaviness. We may not be involved, but we, we feel it, we sense it, we know it. But if you would say something, and things will explode. And that is because some people, they're, they're content with that, to take a worldly thing and cleverly wrap it in a Christian term, and it's supposed to fit the Christian people. That is just one thing, why the churches are being destroyed, why Christian families are being destroyed. People are not honest with themselves. They're not honest with God. They don't love God with all the heart, the soul, mind, and strength, and with all it in them. That is why we have things like that going on in the world today. That is why. They love God, just not with all the heart, just not with all their soul, just not with all their strength. And just not with what all is in them. See that? Within them. They don't. And they don't love their neighbor as themselves. They love their neighbor if it's convenient. And God knows that. That is a big part of the problem in our country today. It's not just out in the world. It's in the circles of the families of the people that say they love God. Do not take Take heed to this. Do not take a worldly value and wrap it up in Christian terms and say it's just fine. Because you know what? You can wrap everything you want. If God is not in that wrap, if He's not the one that's wrapping up that term, then it means nothing. It means nothing. So God's standard is the best. Glory to God. I get excited when I think that we have a standard of God. We have a standard, a higher standard than the world. We have a standard to, that we can live according. It's not something that you and I can't live. God's standard isn't so high that, well, it's just not real. No, God's standard is real for His people. Because His grace, the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, his grace comes in there. His mercy is there. Look at that. And by God's grace and His strength and courage, He said, through Christ, we can do anything in Philippians, right? Amen. Amen. That's what He said. It's so important that we, we don't get weary of well-doing. I, I, wanted to, uh, I want to go in and just, well, let, let's go. There's so many things I want to read and, and touch on. So what happens that people... What, what happens that when we're, we're trying to live God's standard, but yet we just, we just keep sinning? We just have no victory in life. We just don't understand why we can't overcome, and yet we see our neighbor is, our neighbor, uh, when we talk about our neighbors, that can be our brother, it can be our sister can, in the Lord, and it can be the, our spouse, it can be all those that we love, it can be somebody that we're around a lot. But look at, so when we have problems with that, people remember that, when, when, when there's sin, when sin is a problem for you, when sin is a problem for me, Jesus is the answer. God's standard is the answer. Yeah, he said that when the, when the enemy comes, when the enemy is coming, trying to, he's planning to strike, his standard is there to protect us. See that when you and I, maybe it is because we don't really have sold out. Or maybe it is like he said in James. I want to read in James. Chapter 1, just a, maybe three, four verses there. Uh, James 
chapter 1. James is right after Hebrews. In chapter 1 and verse 13, and look what he said. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted when the evil, when evil with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when the lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Look what he said. He said, do not err, my beloved brethren. Look at that. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variable, variableness, neither a shadow of turning. And I'm going to stop there. What I want to bring out is, look what he said. He said, let us not say when we're tempted that we're tempted of God. He said, it's, when every man is tempted, he's drawn away of his own lust. That's what happens. And enticed. And when the lust has conceived. See that? If you say no to the lust. See, there, when, when we think about that, it's, it, there's a way to stop that stuff. As, as well, sometimes even, even in our health, it helps in situations. Obviously, there's, there, it varies what it might be and all that. But it helps us how you and I think. And that's what goes on with sinning. If you have a problem with sin, and yet you say you're a Christian, and you just keep sinning, you keep sinning, look at your mind. Has it been renewed? How is your mind set about the Lord Jesus Christ? How is your mind set about that devil? Where's your mind at? What's going on with all that? You say, why would you say that? Well, let's go to, let's go to Romans chapter 12 and see what he said there. Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, a very familiar verse. But look what he reminds us. He said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right there. See, what he's bringing out is so that when, when our mind is renewed, now we think different. We're not focused on sin. We are sold out. When our mind is renewed and we accept Jesus in our heart, what happens then? We love him with all our heart. When you love God with all your heart, remember, that's one of God's standards. But if you're not into that, if you're not into loving Him with all you have, you will have sin problems. When you're not into loving God with, your whole, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all that is within you, if you're not sold out, you're going to have a lot of sin problems. And then when you have sin problems, look at it, how it works. When you have sin problems, you're, you're looking at everyone else. You compare yourself with others. And most times when you're weak, when you have a problem with weakness, when you're comparing yourself, you compare yourself with other weak people. When I'm talking weak, I'm not talking sick in the body. I'm talking about sick in the mind and the heart. I'm talking about not being right with God. And when you compare yourself with other sick people, in that sense, you cannot overcome. That is what Paul was bringing out back there when we read in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that is what he's bringing out in verse 12. He's bringing out when we compare ourselves with others. We need to compare ourselves with the Word of God. We need to compare ourselves with Jesus Christ. We need to compare ourselves with, if we look at others, we need to look at those that are walking in victory. And remember, not according to them, but according to who they're serving. According to the Savior Jesus Christ. According to our Father in heaven. 
That is what is so important. And you'll find out when you compare yourself with Jesus, when you sell out to Jesus, when you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all that is within you, and love your neighbor as yourself, all at once, sin is going to start disappearing. Sin is going to leave. Why? Because the enemy has no place to stay. Now you have sold out to Christ. You have made a commitment with Him that you love Him. And when we love Him, what happens when we love Him? We live according to Him. We live according to His standard. Let's go to Proverbs and just go through that uh, a little bit and touch on some some verses there. I I think I'm going to start in Proverbs chapter 1. I've got to go there in order to really know where I'm going to start. But it's so good for me anyway to be reminded of the standard of God. It's so, it's so powerful. And remember, don't look at the standard, or, or I don't think we should. We shouldn't look at the standard of God that, oh, oh you know, I really got to live up to this. This is, boy, it's just about more than I can do. No, the standard of God to me is uplifting in itself. Remember, the standard of God gives us life. It gives us that peace. It's not like the standard of man. Sometimes the standard of man, the way I was raised, the way I was raised in the Amish was this way. They had rules, and they called them standards. And so what would happen is they write up all the standards that that church has to follow, that needs to follow, needs to obey that. And what they called sin, what they called sin, when I grew up there, when we lived there, and, and when I say we is because when I got married we, and we raised a family, we were in the Amish at that time. So when we were there, we promised to obey their rules and their, their doctrines of man, their standards. And the way sin came into there is if you disobeyed their standard, not if you disobeyed God's word. See how mixed up? See what happens when you, when you compare yourself with others? That's what Paul is saying. When you compare yourself with others, it's just not a wise thing. And things don't go good. Look what they were accusing him of there in chapter 10. Yeah, they said, oh, you, you can really write like you're somebody, but when you come around, there's nothing to it. I, you know, when I was reading that, I thought, oh, it sounds just like my old life. All this spinning of, of it's kind of like politics. That's kind of how it works. When you, when you go about standard and doctrines of men, it kind of works the same way. But remember, that is what, that's what Paul is saying. Compare yourself with Christ. That's what he's saying. Live according to God's standard. Well, we'll just go through and, and uh, like, I think we'll start in with verse 8 and 9 of chapter 1 of Proverbs. I'm just going to skip through and read a, read a few verses here and there. He said, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Sounds heavy, doesn't it? No, what he's bringing out is remember that. He, he said, remember those kind of things. There's some instruction for us. These are, kind of, these are things that God wants his people to have. He wants them to realize. He said, then, look what he said in, in verse 28. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. He, why? He said, they shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. What was going on? Because they were mocking. Look, if you read a, first, a few verses before that. It's because of when people don't believe God, when people make fun of God. You say, well, who would make fun of God? There's people that do that. Sometimes when people make fun of you and I, say they make fun of Christians, they're making fun of God. They're mocking Him because you and I are His children. Amen? 
But it's important that we remember, like he said in chapter 3, in verse 5, he said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And he said, lean not on thy own understanding. See that? Sometimes on own understanding, things just don't make sense. Things just doesn't seem to add up. He said, in all thy ways acknowledge him. He didn't say in some of them. He said, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I'm sometimes totally amazed. The Lord brought it to my attention when I'm reading this. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall erect thy past. I'm sometimes amazed of how many Christian people that don't seek God in their business life. They don't seek God when it comes outside of their personal relationship with him to, to an extent where they make decisions of buying a home. They make decisions of buying a business. They make a decision of how they're going to grow their business. They don't ask God about that. I believe God wants us to acknowledge Him in all our ways, all the things we do, with our jobs, with our businesses. He wants to be in it. He wants us to ask Him about it. He wants us to, to have direction from Him. That is what He's telling us. He said, in all thy ways acknowledge Him. Or do we just need God on a Sunday morning to come and meet with us at church? If you're a weekend Christian, you are not a Christian. You're not sold out. You're not loving God with all your heart. You're not loving God with all that is in you. You're not. And look what he said if you go on down in verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of all thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy, pre and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. See that? When you give him from the first fruits, but if you give him from your leftovers, you will have no worries about bursting out with new wine. You won't have any problem with that. You won't have that because you won't experience that because you give God your leftovers. Ah, you have a little bit money left at the end of the month. Give him the first fruits. Give him the first time, the first Sunday of the month. Give him your tithes for the month. Make sure that God is taken care of, so to speak, that you're faithful to him. That's what I mean. God doesn't need our money, but He also asks us that we be faithful to Him. That's what He's saying. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thy increase. Look at that. He's just reminding us this is the standard of God. That's what He's bringing out. The standard of God is not weary. Look what He said in verse 23 of chapter 4. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. <laughs> Praise God. We just read a little earlier, to love God with all our heart. Right there it is. If a heart, if we love God with all our heart, our, we may have some problems. You know that because we live in this fallen world. We're still trapped in this body, fleshly body. But it'll be different. And we'll know how to handle them because we love Him with all we have. Now I want to go over to the next chapter, verse 16. Look what he said in verse 6 of Proverbs. Verse 16, these six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. He said, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are be swift to running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. My son, keep thy father's commandment, forsake not the law of thy mother. And he goes, and we already read that in another chapter. And look what he said there. He said, God hates these things. God hates it. What did he say that he hates? A lying tongue, a proud look, hands that shed innocent blood. This, remember, this is all in the same 
category here that God hates. A lying tongue God hates just like somebody that's a murderer. Hmm. And a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Look at that. Imagining all kinds of things that aren't true. See that? Sometimes overthinking literally creates wicked imaginations. You second guess everything in the world. When you do that, it becomes so unstable. And I truly believe when you second guess everything, you overthink everything, you know what you're doing? You forgot to love God with all your heart. You forgot to love Him with all that's in you. Some of those things cannot coexist. It's just like light and darkness. They cannot go together. Light is on one side and darkness on the other. It's just like heaven and hell. It's the very same way. People think today that light and darkness can coexist and they're going to go to heaven. You're going to have the greatest surprise and it won't be actually great. I'm sorry. It'll be, a, it'll be the worst surprise. It's not going to happen. Just because it's you. No, that's why Jesus came. He came for you. That's why He came. False witnesses that speak of lies. And He that soweth discord among the brethren. That was a big thing where I grew up. Speaking lies and sowing discord and raising havoc and having all kinds of nonsense going. That was a big thing among the Amish people where I grew up. But they didn't know the Lord. Obviously, that makes a difference. But brothers and sisters, he's speaking to us, just reminding us, these are the standards of God. He said, these are things God hates. So when you and I love him with all our heart, you know what happens? Then we also hate what he hates. But when we don't sell out, when you and I don't really love him with all we have, you know what happens then? There's a little bit left there to love the devil. And then we get mixed up, and then it goes on, and it, it creates a really... Uh, it creates a miserable lifestyle for us. That's what happens. But remember, Jesus, he's, he came for us. Amen. Like he said in verse 13 of chapter 8, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride. So he's saying to hate evil, to hate pride, to hate arrogance, and to hate the evil way, and to hate the froward mouth. He said, he said all those things, and he said that he hates it. He didn't say he dislikes it. Are you with me this morning? See, today, it's not, it's not really right. To, people don't like it. We say, well, you hate something. Ooh, they said that's a strong word. You know why it's strong? Because it means what it says. That's why. We need to learn to hate stuff that aren't of God. That's the difference. Instead of wrapping it up, get some wrapper, remember, and call it godly. Wrap it with the word of God somehow. And call it godly. It's not going to happen. Use some Christian term and wrap that thing up, and it's just fine. It fits right in with the church. No. No, it, it should not fit in. should not fit in. We need to learn to hate the things that are not of God. When we learn that and be firm about it and let others know. Brothers and sisters, we need to practice when we come together to encourage each other Stand up. And if somebody, if you know somebody's weak in those areas, if you know somebody has a problem with that, to take something, some kind of a value of the world and wrap it in a Christian term and call it good, bring it to his attention. Bring it to her attention. Don't go along with it. That is how God's people are going to stand in the end times. 
It's like a brother was saying the other morning, I think it was yesterday morning in brother's meeting. He said, we are in the eye of the storm. That's what we are, the saints of God. And God knows that we are right in his eye. Remember, when he has his eye on you, Brother Clem, he's not going to take it off of you. When you're sold out to him, when you love him with all you have, God's eyes is on you. His eye is on you. His eye is on you. He's on all, his eye is on all of us. See that? And we can be thankful. We can rest in that. God knows his. Remember how it says his eye is on the sparrow? See that? When God's eye, he even knows, he knows when there's a bird that falls. And then he, you think he doesn't know when you have a problem? No, he knows. He knows when you and I are concerned in making the right choices and the, right, the correct decisions and in life and according to his word and his spirit, he already knows that your heart is concerned about it, that you want what he wants, that you want what he has for you. You're not interested to try to get him to come with you. He, you're interested to go with him. See the difference? That's what happens when you take a worldly, uh, something out of the world standard and wrap it in a Christian term. You are trying to get him to come and go with you in, in a manner of what you think should be right. But remember, God, remember what it says in Hebrews? He said, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change because you and I have this idea that might work. What he wants to do is he wants to change us that we trust him and we walk by faith, walk with him. We don't walk by sight, amen, but that we sell out to him. Look what he said in verse 7 of chapter 9. He that reproveth the scorner getteth himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. See, he said, if you reprove him, he's going to, a scorner, he doesn't love God. He said, if, if that's the case, he said, if you reprove him, he's going to hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. Look at the difference. See, that, that means even when we're wise, even when we walk with God, there might be times we need a reproving. There might be times we need a reminder. There might be times we need to be reminded that God loves us. We, we need to get this act straightened out. Allow him to come and help us. He said a little bit further, he said, Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. That is, that is just a blessing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. What a blessing. Praise God. Look what he said in chapter 11. In verse 14, he said, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counsel there's safety. Look at that. In, verse 12, in chapter 12, and verse 1, Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth, Reprove is brutish. See, we need to learn to love instruction. Many times, I might not every day, but many times I pray for my grandchildren that they love instruction. It's important that you and I love that kind of thing. Because if we don't, it's very easy to become self-centered. And when we become self-centered, we might become brutish. When we become brutish, ooh, it's, it's dangerous. See, that, that's what God is telling us. Wait, wait a minute. You know, he's... It's what Solomon is writing here. Look what he said in verse 15 of chapter 12. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. That is so good. Just another. And in verse 12 of chapter 14, he said, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That sounds not good. See? 
That doesn't sound good, but it, remember, it's a standard of God. It's a standard of God. He said, the way which seemeth right unto man. See that? Because when they follow the worldly standard, when you follow the standard of the world, it might seem right. It might even seem things are going real well. But the end thereof is death. The end thereof, where, where, where you and I have life is when you and I live in the standard of God. When you and I are sold out to Him. When you and I settle for nothing less than His righteousness. Amen. There's just so much that I see the time is getting away. There's so much to read in these, in these, uh, through these Proverbs. I just love to go through and uh, just share a couple verses. And th this one here is so good. Look what he said in chapter 15 of 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Look at that. Just little things, but they are the standard of God. That, that's what He wants for us. He wants us to, to uh, just, just trust Him. In verse 30 of chapter 15, he said, the, eye, the light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Praise God for that. Just, it's just it's so good. And uh, one of my favorite verses, it's so simple, but it's very powerful, just in everyday life. Chapter 17 and verse 22, A merry heart doeth good like medicine. Glory to God. But a broken spirit dryeth the bones. See that? Just to be joyful. You, we don't have to wait to be joyful until everything is just right. No, not no. this side of heaven, that's a tough deal maybe. Remember, when we have the peace of God, when we live in His standard, when we live in the standard of God, when we love Him with all we have, we went over that a few times, but when we, are, when we live according to His standard, we have a merry heart. It said it doeth like a medicine. See that? It helps us. We rejoice in that. Oh, man, praise God. He said in chapter 20 and verse 7, The just man walketh in his integrity, and his children are blessed after him. Look at that. What It just promises there's so many blessings in here. that. And look what he said in chapter 22 in verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. It's not a waste of time to spend time with your children. It's a good time. It's an important time. It's actually the God's standard. Amen? That's what he says. Look what he said in verse 15 of that same chapter. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it out, shall drive it far from him. See that? Discipline. Discipline. Amen? Discipline. I, I'm just going to read a couple verses yet in, in the Proverbs. Uh, let's go to verse 12 of 23. Proverbs 23 and verse 12. He said, Apply thine heart un, unto instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice ever my, even mine. Yea, my reins shall rejoice even when thy lips speak right things. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Look what he said there. Just a reminder again to discipline our children. 
That beating there does not mean literally beat him. That's not what the Bible is saying, like to beat him up. It's talking about disciplining them. That's what he's bringing out. I want to close with chapter uh, 2 of Colossians. In Colossians chapter 2, in, in verse 6, read a couple of verses. It's just important, again, just to be blessed by the Word of God, the presence of God, and be reminded the, thing, the simple things in life is so easy to overlook, so easy to miss in the walk with Christ and in our everyday life. It really is. It kind of goes together. He said in verse 6, As ye have therefore, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, what do you do? He said, so walk ye in Him, rooted and build up in Him, and establish in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Just real, real simple living there. And then He warns us, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. See, there, that's, that's what this whole sermon is about today. Is it the standard of the world, or is it the standard of God that you and I are living? God's standard is so different. Look what He said. He said, when we have accepted Christ, that's what He said. He said, be rooted up. He said, walk in Him. Be rooted and build up in Him. Establish in the faith. If your faith hasn't been established, allow it to be yet established. How do you establish your faith? It's to keep and keep trusting and loving God, sell out to Him, love Him with all your heart, love Him with all your soul, love Him with all your mind, love Him with all that is in you, and love your neighbor as yourself. Practice those things. Put it to practice. Remember, it's not one day. Many times in the days we live in, people think if they pray for one day, they have prayed a long time. I'm going to tell you, sometimes you need to pray for years. And God says, I'm still hearing. The time isn't right. But we live in a world today. Remember, I said world. The world standard is now. That's what they want. God's standard is wait on the Lord, and He shall renew your strength. See that? But the world standard is not that way. The world standard wants it now. And when they don't get it now, they throw a fit. See that? That's the difference. God's standard, we must learn to wait. Learn to be consistent. Learn to trust Him. Learn to obey Him. Have faith in Him. Believe Him. Even if it don't make any sense to you, remember, when we live by faith, there's many times or there's sometimes it doesn't make sense to our, to our thinking. But remember, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto their own understanding. It goes better when we do that. And acknowledge Him in all thy ways. And then what happens? He said, he shall direct your path. That's what David said. Yeah, look at that. Or maybe it was Solomon. But we look at this. That's what he said. But he said, be aware. That's what he said the last verse I read. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy. See, through doctrines of men and all that. Be careful with it out there. And one, I just want to uh, uh, remind you one more time. Don't take something of worldly value and cleverly wrap it up in some Christian term and call it right. Because God's standard, the Word of God, is never going to change. No matter what you and I start wrapping up. And we need to learn, like we're just reading today. We ask God, Lord, help us that we would hate what you hate and love what you love. And to leave it there and to trust Him and to love, like He said, 
love one another. I think that is in John 13 and 34 and 35. He talks about the love one another as He has loved us. He wants us to practice that. And how did God love us? He sent His Son, His only begotten Son, to die for us so that we can have life. That is how much He loved us. And that's how much He loves us. And He wants us to practice that for one another. And today, be encouraged. And remember, God's standard isn't just some standard. It's the only standard that will take you to glory. God's Word is a standard. It's, it's a one. And remember, if you feel like the floodgates of the devil's kingdom has opened up, don't get afraid. Don't be afraid. Crowd to the Lord and say, I'm, I'm standing with you. I'm living for you. I'm walking with you. And I believe you're standing with me. And that standard you have raised through Jesus Christ, my Savior, I'm hiding right there. I believe you. Don't allow the enemy to trick you. Stand with God. Walk with Him. And as you walk with Him, He'll stand with you. And today, be encouraged. Be encouraged that we once again have an opportunity to be reminded today to love Him with all that we have. And if you have a sin problem, take it to Jesus. Take it to Him. Don't just let it take you to hell. Because if you don't do nothing with sin problems, don't start pointing the finger. Don't start saying this reason, that reason, maybe, maybe that, maybe him, maybe her. You know, if they done different, this would be different. No, just take, a, take responsibility, take accountability, and take it to the Lord in prayer and allow Him to change you. Remember, there's nothing that God can't fix. And as we think of that, one more time, don't take some worldly value and wrap it up in some Christian deed and call it right. Amen? Stay faithful and stay true to the Lord Jesus. May God bless you. Amen.